You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. There are two words a Klingon warrior denies ever knowing, defeat and farewell. Alan Seiler. And I will make it a threesome. <laughs> like a Hi. <laughs> oh, man. What a week of Star Trek this week. Holy cow. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. I was I was just saying fan service done right, Picard. Holy <laughs> crap. All right. Before that, we've got some there's some huge news items that dropped this week. Just there, a couple. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Um, we have uh we got the announcement that section 31 is happening with Michelle Yo in the lead as Emperor. Giorgio, I, I like suddenly blanked on the name. Um, but we are getting a TV movie instead of a full series. So mm -hmm. that's a different change. But we also got a brand new trailer for Strange New Worlds. That's right. And it looks, it so looks amazing. amazing. Now, yes. we are not going to be talking about that stuff tonight because we have so much to talk about. <laughs> But we are going to spend next week's episode in depth on these two items and yeah. possibly a third because I feel like a third is coming. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you've got big opinions, so do we about the Strange New Worlds trailer and about Section 31. So join us next oh, Thursday yeah. at 8 p.m. Eastern because we're going to be deep diving. Heck yeah, man. All right, Keith, we got some This Week in Trek this week. Yeah, let's run through this real quickly. I got, I found, I thought this one was really cool and I'm just going to uh, combine them. Uh, well, on the 19th of April, 1937, has a relationship, strangely, 30 years later, the 19th of April, 1967. Hmm. On the 19th of April, 1937, was born w one who became one with the companion. Oh. And I know Charles. No. The other one, the, ambas the ambassador. Oh, Eleanor Donahue. Yes. I was like, yo, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor Donahue was born on the 19th of April, 1937. 30 years later, the 19th of April, 1967, the, the script draft for Metamorphosis was submitted for final approval. Wow. Nice. Isn't that amazing? 30 years later. And that's one of the, I know so many people love that show. Charles, I've heard you talk about it. As I've looked into it, more and more people really love that show because of how it looks. And, and actually, it's, it's aged really well. It, it actually has aged really well. Just like me. <laughs> uh 20th april 1937 what more can you say george takai is born wow Woo yeah Yay. and still going still going strong with this sometimes i think his kind of acerbic and mean attitude might be keeping him going i don't know <laughs> <laughs> he also just he just keeps working i think yeah. that's a big yeah. part of it too he doesn't slow down right yeah, exactly totally. uh, also on the 20th of april only 49 years after George was born, one Noah Averbach Katz. Katz. Yep. Katz, yeah, yes. You got yeah. it. Slowly, but you got it. And shout out to a great guest and a great guy. We've enjoyed oh interviewing gosh. him. He's so yeah. cool. He was yeah. Wasn't he? He agreed to come on our show before our podcast launched. When we're just like, hey, we're we're about to have a podcast. Do you want to be a guest? Yes. He's like, sure. <laughs> I mean, he was just, the, and we had him on twice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the nicest guy. He's yeah. just yeah. so cool. Love great him. guy. Great guy. Just a couple of more things. This is awesome. The 20th of April, 1993, premiered the episode in the hands of the prophets. Oh, that's yes. On Deep Space Nine, which introduced yeah, when. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And just a great show and one of the greatest antagonist in Trek history, let alone just Deep Space Nine. Right. This is wild. The same date, 20th of April, six years later, 1999. Final filming on Deep Space Nine episode, What You Leave Behind. Holy oh, wow. cow. Wow. <laughs> yes. The conclusion of the series. A great show. 
the final scenes filmed for the entire series were in Vic's lounge. Oh, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And, and the last one, which I thought was amazing, the twenty second of April, two thousand eleven. Filming begins on a new series called Star Trek Picard. Hey, Ooh, yeah. Dog. <laughs> well, speaking of which, and it finally <laughs> paid off. <laughs> right. Wow. If you're, wow. If you're the audio podcast, we'll take a quick break right here and promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. But come right back because we're going to be talking about Star Trek Picard, The Last Generation. Stay right there. Pardon the interruption. We'll bring you back to your podcast in just a moment. But first, promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Here on the ESO Network, three hosts recommend this podcast. I recommend it. I recommend it. And I recommend it. On the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, it's a slice of life as we discuss literally anything in the universe. Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Here to serve all of your needs. Wednesday, I'm here with you people. It's like wild. No pizzas were harmed in the creation of this podcast. I mean, this week we got the finale of Star Trek Picard. I mean, really, for me, I feel like the finale of like the next generation era. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, it was huge. Uh, it so was spoilers, enormous. Yes. And spoilers I, from here on out for Star Trek Picard, the last generation, yes. and everything before it in Star Trek. And so and much I, happened that literally every sentence we say is going to have a spoiler in it. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and I got to say, I was sitting at home last night. I had to work. I was working on a computer project, and I was cur- and I was cursing my co-host, who happened to be watching this, <laughs> not on a television. I have a really nice big plasma. It ain't the same. So somebody got to go see it on IMAX. <laughs> yeah, yep. baby. Holy Three cow. somebodies. How what was it? an experience. Oh, it was oh great. God. It was, it was great. And I was talking about this yesterday. I mean, I, I went to see Star Trek Generations. That was the first Star Trek movie that I can remember seeing on the big screen when I was 13. My family went to see it. And it was, I mean, that was seminal for me. Yeah. And then now, I mean, I'm 42. And I get to see them on the, on the big screen for the last time. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was great. Oh, that's nice. That, 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 what a, what a great circle that is, Charles. Yeah. Um, um what was the audience like, Alan? Oh, it was great. I bet it wasn't. It wasn't a fully packed house, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And and as much trouble as I had getting tickets, I expected it to be. You know. <laughs> but but yeah. it was it was like at least three quarters full and mm-hmm. really enthusiastic. Yeah, and re- it's hugely receptive to everything that happened. You know, like yeah. everything that happened got a cheer. And I I'm bet. Like, Shut up! I'm trying to hear dialogue. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want to hear what Tuvok's saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was we, scary we, too. We were in line with a guy who drove up from Tallahassee. Oh my god! Because the Orlando show sold out so fast, apparently. Right. Tallahassee. Orlando is only a little bit closer than here. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but his attitude was like, I mean, when am I going to have this chance again? Yeah. Right. You know, the, right. these guys aren't going to be on the big screen again, probably. Now, never say never. It's Star Trek. You never know. I don't want to count yeah. anything no. out. But I mean, in all likelihood, this is our last chance to see this crew together on the big screen. And yeah. it was great. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was it was everything. And the the just the event itself was just so well done. I yeah, mean, they, ha- they hey, had that like planned out and yeah they had it once they started oh. the line going in and they started us early the, i think the movie theater workers were a little shocked <laughs> so, so i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little show and tell here um if i can Yay! get if i can get this right not us i don't know not you i mean not, not that i am <laughs> not happy to see you how do i change this hang on let me see if i can do this okay hey so we got free drinks and popcorn the mm-hmm. popcorn came in this box right here. Mm-hmm. Look at that. And then at the end, when we were leaving, we got, and you're not going to, this isn't going to come across as well on a screen, but we no, got it can't possibly. this mm-hmm. poster, which mm-hmm. right here, gold embossed. And it is on super thick paper, like mm-hmm. almost cardstock paper. And just really nice. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they accidentally gave Veronica and I three of them. So oh. Keith, we need to figure out how to get because we've got one for you. I, I oh, thank you. Got, I accidentally got three of them too. And I thought we could use two of them as a giveaway. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Maybe not tonight, but at some point, like if we yeah. do a convention appearance or something, we can have these and, and do like a contest or something. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. So Elaine is wondering how tired we all are. <laughs> Veronica, very tired. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was not feeling well this morning, and mm-hmm. I ended up sleeping all day. Well, we went to a late <laughs> concert Tuesday, and then we went to the late movie last night. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. I'm fine. <laughs> hey, but at least you didn't have to get up super early this morning to watch an episode. Yeah, I got to sleep late. Yeah, you got to do it last <laughs> night. <laughs> right. Yeah, get... instead, I got to get up with Chuck and drive him to work because I went and picked him up from work, so I mm-hmm. had to drive him to work. Yeah, the logistics, ah. it wasn't in Atlanta. It was in Cumming, Georgia. Yeah. Um, so the logistics of getting there was a little bit challenging. Yeah. I bet. But we made it, and we had a great time. Yeah. Let's talk about the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the episode. Ooh. No so good. So everybody hate it? No. <laughs> it was all right. It was fine. <laughs> um, I thought it was great. I mean, now the fan service is like cranked up to 11. No kidding. <laughs> so, but they did it absolutely. so well. It wasn't like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was like they do on Lower Decks where it's like, <laughs> that's awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but I felt like they the opportunity was there to do so much more of it, you mm. know? And, yep. and so I'm actually kind of surprised that there wasn't more than there was mm. because, you know, we, we talked about so many possibilities of what they might, you know, wheel out for this last episode and they really didn't. Right. You know, I mean, there, there was no spoilers, everybody, there was no Wesley, there right. was no, you know, there was a lot of stuff that we had talked about and, you know, there was no, you know, full fleet of museum ships, you know, mm-hmm. the, the NX one and the defiant and all that stuff coming in, you know, and it was none of that. Right. So I thought it was, they actually reined it in a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the biggest things that at the very beginning was checkoff. Yes. Holy yes. smokes. Yeah. The current president of earth is Anton Chekhov. He was mm-hmm. named Anton in, in honor of Anton Yelchin, of course, mm-hmm. which I thought was so sweet. And right. I, I almost cried. But they got um they got um Walter Koenig to do the voice. Yeah, they went mm-hmm. over they like went over to his house and <laughs> recorded because, it there. Yeah, because he lives <laughs> next door to Stashwick. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Right. And that was perfect for the way they needed the sound to be too. They didn't need it to be like super high quality sound. They needed it to be very yeah. rough sound. Mm. So yeah. it was it was perfect. Yeah, so good. It's very reminiscent of the of the president's message in Star Trek 4. Yes. <laughs> you know, avoid yeah. the planet Earth at all cost. Before we even got to the opening scene, I wrote down a really cool intro when they showed the Enterprise uh, kind of zooming across space. And then they showed the um, the Delta shield looked like it had been borgified. So I thought that yeah. was pretty good. That was, that, was so, pretty that, wasn't, that wasn't on there when we watched it last night. It was the traditional swoosh mm-hmm. thing. Oh, so they, yeah. uh, oh, I didn't know there was a different one for television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the television one. Because at, when we watched it on the screening, it went from episode 9 directly into episode 10. Yeah, but I don't the think episode, they did the opening swoosh. But the episode 10, the little Star Trek logo at the beginning is the Enterprise D instead of the Titan. Yeah. And the Borg, yeah. the Borg ship is there and it sort of glitches out at the end like it's being assimilated. Mm. Uh, it's, That's it's so cool. cool. Yeah. Speaking of cool intros, I've been meaning to say this for 10 weeks now. So I'm going to say it now or I'll never get an opportunity to. I love the new opening title sequence where mm-hmm. it go, it starts with the traditional Star Trek fanfare and then goes into a little tiny bit of the Picard theme <clears throat> that they've been using for the last couple of years. And it's short. It's very <clears throat> abbreviated. And musically, it just fits so well. And it captures both like the spirit of both eras, really. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that I have loved that so much. Yeah. And I'll add that I appreciate final week. Right. I appreciate that they put the title of the episode on the screen. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love love that. that. Why don't they ever not do that? It's old fashioned, I guess. Uh, So stupid. I know. So 90s. (laughs) That's so last year. (laughs) Right. All right. 
Michael Phillips says, it's pretty obvious to me that they're setting up potential. Oh, we're not going to get to that yet. Okay. We're not, we're, we're a hundred percent going to get to that later. We're going to get to that. Yes. Oh, yeah. What's up, Michael? What's up, Michael? One of my first comments I wrote down after I wrote down the thing about Anton Yel Anton um, Yelchin name being used for Anton Chekhov was I now have a official worst idea on track that's worse than not having to tell cloaking technology for the Federation, and that's fleet formation. Yes. That is literally <laughs> the stupidest thing I've ever heard anybody do, especially knowing what the Borg had done, because all yeah. this came about because of fleet formation. But one other thing I will say, if you guys remember the best of both worlds, parts one and two. I don't remember that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One of the jokes that people made was when the Borg came into the solar system, they were going, oh, they're passing the Mars planetary defense. There's like three little ships that look like shuttles and they yeah. blew them away. And then they went to Earth and there was nothing. Yeah, like, right. Freaking Earth is not protected. This time they did it right because you got hundreds yeah. of starships and Earth was holding. It had a planetary shield. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They and in the, in the original best of both worlds, they destroyed whatever little crappy uh, defense platforms Earth had around it really quickly. This time, Earth put up more of a fight, which makes much more sense for the headquarters of the Federation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Starfleet. I thought that was good. Mm -hmm. And they, I mean, space talk is built to last, man. Space yeah. talk is holding out. Yeah. No kidding. Wow, man. <laughs> yeah. Watching that thing get destroyed and and disintegrate, and that was one of the most spectacular sequences. Mm -hmm. of the episode and that was nothing compared to what they did later on in the episode but man i thought that was so incredibly well done yeah before we go any farther i'm going to change our screen view a little bit i'm going to put okay. us up at the top hey there we go there we go <laughs> we're nice. on the enterprise bridge right <laughs> so on <enough>. baby <laughs> carpeting <laughs> right <laughs> uh yeah i mean I... this episode is basically the enterprise in action again after yeah. all. Oh my goodness! In a way Good that we've boy. never seen before. Yeah, even I mean, in the even in the movies, they mm -hmm. they never showed the Enterprise doing the stuff that it did in this one. Yeah, it's like Millennium Falcon style, like yeah, you know, flying into the <laughs> not Death Star, but flying into the board <laughs> cube. Why do I feel joy? <laughs> that was great. That was my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, I love how I mean they've been doing it the whole season, but especially in this episode, it was just mixing those little Star Trek-y light humor bits in. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, it, they, yeah. so it's not so dour all the time. You've got the 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 joy and fun of the characters coming through. Mm -hmm. I uh I got a thrill when they were getting ready to head toward Earth. And you know, Patrick Stewart, he's of course he looks great, but you can tell he's a little older in with his voice. Sure. But when he did order Jordy to head for Earth, when he said engage, he sounded like his old self. Almost mm -hmm. like he like he put everything into that one word and it worked. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Amazing how one word can make such a impact <laughs> on you. Mm -hmm. Right. Matt Sweatman talks about the how much abuse the space stock took before it was what? It was able to take before it finally gave up the earth shield. I mm -hmm. don't know why I lost the ability to read right in the middle of that <laughs> sentence. It wasn't that hard. Elaine says, and the best thing is the carpet. Okay. And Michael yes. Phillips <laughs> says it was a bit of return of the Jedi ripoff. Yeah. Or homage. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I'll be kind of say homage. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was fun. I mean, what do we think of the board queen? Oh, oh my she, God. She looked amazing. That was so, so like, cool. Like, yeah, creepy, amazing. Very like HR Giger. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. I was a little, and I'm going to say the word disappointed. I was not disappointed, but I was a little disappointed that she was only in that one position, kind of strung mm -hmm. up and didn't have much movement. But I was so excited that Alice Krieg was back on screen as the board queen because I didn't expect that because. In the, at the end of last episode, we only got her as a voiceover with a, you know, a body double standing mm -hmm. in for her. So I figured they were going to do something completely different with the Borg Queen, and it wasn't going to be her on screen. It would just be Alice's voice. Yeah, I think it was, though. I think because there was a, a body oh, double yep. still credited for this episode. Oh, so was I think there? I didn't that see I, that. I, I, I And she was still credited as the voice of the Borg Queen. So I think that she was just looping it, and oh, there was shoot. someone else uh, in the makeup. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but it was very effective, though. It was. Yeah. And the way she's decomposed, I mean, you didn't need her there physically. Um, And it, yeah. it, I mean, really, it, it, it 
I think it worked better the way it was. Yeah. Vandy Beth, I assure you, I was not disappointed. <laughs> Why do you hate Star Trek, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> right. So the Borg Queen was she's saying that whatever Picard did to her, that the collective literally has not been able to reform itself after decades. Well, she said you left us poisoned, but I think that's from what Janeway did. That's what I wondered. Yes, that's what the I end thought. Of game. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. That that made sense. So that right. so that's very interesting. So that. So I wonder, gosh, does that mean all the Borg all the way back in the Delta Quadrant, which is their home base, that were they all decimated? Well, as well, I guess, because the, she's supposed to be the queen. With the of the Picard season two Borg that. Um, well, that was the alternate universe, the Borg queen in season two. But yeah, she was still there from the alternate universe. So that's an alternate universe thing. So season two didn't happen. I mean, it might as well have not happened. <laughs> season three. Thank you. <laughs> we'll get into that the again later. Thing was an alternate right. universe. <laughs> yeah, but no, that was the alternate universe uh, collective that Gerardi and the Borg Queen started, uh, but so, separate from so, our Borg. I see. So Admiral Janeway, and spoilers for Voyager too, folks. Spo- spoilers. Admiral Janeway from the alternate future did to the Borg what Picard almost did when mm-hmm. um, when the of chastised him for not committing what was basically genocide. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to season three. (laughs) Wow. So that so that knocked so that knocked them out. So that we just had her. I think that's. I did not expect that the board decades later would be would remain that decimated by what whomever had done. That's what that caught me off guard. I expected Mm -hmm. them to have to be back to some kind of strength. Right. And I was surprised to see that what Janeway had done had that kind of lasting impact on them. That Mm. was that that was stunning to me. Well, we did seem to get the confirmation that. Big giant head was the Borg Queen. Uh, who uh-huh. was talking to Vatic? Yeah, you don't need to buy that. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna say, I've, I at this point, I feel like Vatic was so unnecessary. She was yeah. in eight of the ten episodes. Well, her her storyline carried over eight of the ten episodes, and then they just like discarded her as soon as they were ready to bring in the Borg. And I felt like she didn't have any real part in this whole thing. No. Right. What was the point? None. Yeah. It was just I'm, to like be all like hand wavy and distract you from the real thing, which was the Borg. Yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> hand wavy. <laughs> I, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the problem was how that was written because I still wrote, and I think I've written this every single episode. I've written this one note. What about the Great Link? Were they at mm-hmm. all involved in this? And I guess they no, weren't. No, they, yeah. And, they were separate. Mm-hmm. And I think that, to everyone's point, spending less time on this incredibly overacting Vatic and maybe a little more time on the, the changelings, that group of changelings, I think would have been a better story. Just yeah. maybe seeing more of those changes. In other words, all we saw really with the changeling was Vatic doing her mustache twirling. I would yeah. like to maybe see more of the tw- changelings, um, more of an interaction, more of them talking or whatever. So, yeah, I think that Vatic just was a, it was a mistake. here's what i would rather have seen i would rather not have had changelings in a star trek picard next generation season i would rather them have used that you know after this in a ds9 reunion show you know Mm. and make the changelings the center point of that and this should have been the no no it should have been the season one um, the the bugs from across the universe <laughs> in conspiracy. Yeah, that's what this should have been. Yeah, it could have been. Not that I'm complaining. Not that I'm disappointed, right. Vandy Beth. But I, <laughs> I I just think that if you're going to do changelings and you're not going to involve any of the DS9 cast, I don't. I just yeah. don't. It, it it's a disconnect for me. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. I, I mean. I think that for Vatic having been on the screen for eight episodes, I mean, we never really found out how she has this giant evil ship. Right. Right. We never really, we got, never got confirmation of what's up with her goons. Like were her goons also changelings. And if so, why were they acting that way and wearing masks? Like that was all very vague. Um, And then her ending was very abrupt. Uh, I like, I I like the show, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't need a, an evil person bent on revenge and a giant chair. We were talking about that this week that I mean, it's like Vindicta. It's like what Lower Decks was lampooning <laughs> Picard mm. did in earnest, you know, yeah. where you've got the right. big evil ship and the big evil chair and the mwahaha. And yes. yeah. 
that to me, that's not next gen. I agree, exactly. Charles. And what you're saying about um, about the goons and stuff, that's what I was meaning as well, which is I, I, it would have been better if we kind of if, we, if they were going to use changelings would have been better if we got to see some more of the changelings really, you know, uh, talking and get some more character development with other changes other than her. And I find it interesting because I posted this a few days ago is when Terry Vitalis said that Vatic's ending, he basically got irritated at the writers because he knew that was going to cost a lot of money to do those effects. Mm. So they also spent some money, but he wanted Vatic to go out in what he thought was a dramatic fashion. So that whole thing out the ship and turning the ice and blowing up, that blew a lot of special effects money. Sure. Yeah. It could have, he could have rewritten that. It didn't have to, he wasn't a slave to those people. Yeah. Darn it. You well, wrote an episode away. I didn't want you to write it. And now I have to spend a ton of money. <laughs> no, right. Buddy, you're the boss. Come on, dude. Um, Vandy Beth confirms that Jane Edwina Seymour was the on screen actress for the Borg. She was great. Phenomenal. Yes. And heavy so prosthetics. Good. Yes. And being suspended up there like that. And like, that's, that's a tough gig. Yeah, it was, man. Yeah. But so effective, really? incredibly mm-hmm. effective. Um, she also says they told us Vatic's group of changelings were a rogue element separate from the Great Link. Yep, yep. correct. Tiger Blade 2002 says, well, I, I got the impression that uh, the resolution with changelings was treated uh, like such an afterthought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vandy Beth also says that I seem disappointed. I promise you I am not. Um, and Wayne also says all of the personnel used by the changelings were returned unharmed. That's it. Uh, yeah. They and said kinda... most or many or some. Some. Right. There was. The, really, it wasn't they're just talking about Tuvok. Yes. Because, I mean, we don't care about anybody else that was replaced no, by a Tuvok changeling. was the only one that we cared about. We don't find out about the transporter chief. Did he make it? That transporter officer? I'm just kidding. Or, Who cares? Or <laughs> it was just about Tuvok. Or there was a right. lot of there was a lot of online chatter last week about there's a lot of debates across groups that did Shelby die or not. Well, and Matt just brought that up. I yeah. guess Shelby is dead. That's so yeah. sad. But I'm so thankful that we got her back on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, One Matt, last had, time, man. Oh, yeah, Matt. She had two glowing holes in her her chest, bless her. So I pretty much assume she died too. Although I do hate bringing people out to kill them so quickly like that. That drives me bonkers. Yeah, that's an annoying thing that. I mean, throughout Star Trek Picard, they've done that is bring back yeah. the actor and then just blam right in the face. <laughs> right. Know? Right. Um, yep. Sometimes even the character and not the actor. <laughs> right. Yeah. There was a thing I thought was interesting when uh, Seven and, and the company were fighting the uh, Borgified crew. And then she mentioned that Rocky had created this new weapon, phaser transporter thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting, but I remember they did something similar to that. I think it was kind of a cloaking thing that, my opinion, that horrible two-part Next Generation episode where Picard gets kidnapped by those people who are treasure hunting and he goes undercover. Yeah, Gambit. Everybody's got like 1980s mullet hair and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I really hate it. And you had Savick, who actually wasn't Savick, and just pissed me off. Yes, and uh, the the lead bad guy was a I forget his name, but everybody anybody of a certain age has seen him do a billion bad guy things. He's almost as right. bad as Vatic. But anyway, they had a weapon where when they shot you with a phaser, it appeared to disintegrate you, but the transporter beam was inside of it. Because mm. remember, that's why they thought Picard had been murdered. He was shot, right. and they left behind a little uh, material, but it also activated a transporter beam. So that's not the first time something has been done kind of like that. Right. But I thought that was a fascinating thing. And I'm not saying I've said this so many times, always liked this actress, always respected this actress. But I wrote for seven to nine. And I should say this at the end of the show. I wrote from cat suit to captain because mm-hmm. Jerry Ryan is such a phenomenal actress. And I yep. never failed to be marveled at how she was brought in as a sexy symbol. But the woman can act. And mm-hmm. boy, she's good. Impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was great at this. I mean, and she can still pull yeah. off the action. Um, she's very believable as as a captain. Yes, um, yes. Now I was a little confused, not confused, but I didn't really buy the line of sight thing. If they, no. they yeah, if they can't no. see us, I was like, why not just like shoot some kind of smoke between the ships then, like so they can't see each other, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that was I, I wrote that down too. That literally makes no sense. Also, that means if there's the only line of sight, that means if you're literally not right there. If you're in another star system, yeah. then yeah. the signal won't get to you. And yeah. 
that's a bad weapon and, to design. And if one ship comes in between you and the source, then yeah, you're momentarily right. cut off. Yeah, that's goofy. Yeah, that um, made no sense at all because a signal is a signal is a signal. It doesn't need line of sight. Yeah. Okay. Hang on. Dan Leckie says, "Why not assimilate space dock rather than destroy it?" Because there are too many old people. Well, I think they were. I mean. <laughs> They, they wanted the fleet, but I think they really just the space dock. It seemed to me like space dock was the last defense before Earth. Yeah. Now, why they, I guess it was maybe it generates the field. That's why you can't fly, fly around to the other side of the planet and attack from there. <laughs> but, um, I mean, to me, it was just like that was the big symbol of Earth's defense. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Because I was hoping, Charles, that the planetary defenses were Earth, were, you know, ground based, generated from the ground. I would think. Right. I would hope. Mm mm. Um, Wayne says we talked about quick appearing and departure of and demise of those characters before. Mm-hmm. Poof, yeah, here, poof, gone. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan also says, I totally wish episodes nine and ten had been released together like they were shown at the IMAX screening. Okay, oh, like a, that would have like been, a... been good, but mm-hmm. yeah, a literal TV movie. Right. Yeah, totally. They don't, they don't totally. flow together like a movie, though. No. Like, um, uh, I've seen before some next gen episodes that were cut together and shown in the cinema. Yeah. Um, that were one story, and this it, it felt like there was a clear break when episode ten started to me. Hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't sense that at all. Okay. Anyway. I feel like they should have just like every single week, like had people to pay like. 50 bucks to come see Picard in the IMAX. <laughs> they would have made they would have made so much money. I can't afford 50 bucks a week no, to no. Trek. <laughs> I don't know. Oh gosh. Uh, but, Charles, you'll yeah. Charles end up being you'll be Charles, you'll be there serving the popcorn and stuff so you can watch <laughs> right? the show. My part-time job will probably go watch Star Trek. <laughs> uh, I mean uh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you I, I was gonna say, wait, what do we feel about this as a resolution for the for the se- for the season? I think it was really good. Yeah, I any dangling was... plot threads anyone's annoyed about or anything like that? Just um, Vanek. Yeah, yeah, Vanek, and I, 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 I love the moment when they had a, they had the they had the group framed, and it was seven LaForge's daughters and Rafi. Right. Yeah, I love that framing, and I wrote down. Of course, you know, people have been talking about the next next generation question mm-hmm. mark. I right. thought that was really cool. Um, I also, I, in my notes, I wrote down again. You know, we talked about some of the things we didn't like, but they—it was still a great episode, and they somehow managed to give everybody a moment. And I wrote down Deanna finally, her powers finally. Oh come on, <laughs> they oh, did right by her. Mm-hmm. She was good. There was a yeah. dude. So at the end when they're in the cube and they're like, we're going to have to blow this mess up and kill all our people because we don't know what else to do. And she suddenly gets this look and she goes, I know where they are. And she mm-hmm. runs over to the, the nav station and she's like, boom, boom, boom. and then the ship like, boom. and this dude, when she said that line, everybody cheered. And this dude behind me says, yeah, finally Deanna does something. <laughs> I'm gonna punch his lights out. Well, I, 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 I say finally she got her just desserts because I've never thought she was a useless character. But I finally they let her powers be like they should have always been because there's so many episodes where yeah. she would do like uh, in um when you just talked about conspiracy, yeah, when the worm creatures and they went to Earth and they said counselor and she literally said. I can't tell. Someone is hiding something, but I can't tell who or what. Right, and I feel right. they they finally use her powers the way they... Of course, the problem with... When you give people powers like that, you write yourself into a corner. So That's you almost have to diminish. Yeah. And That's I the love thing. the way they let her shine, yeah. finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, I mean, it was her connection to Will. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, li- I like that it was it was part of their relationship. You know? Right. Yeah. So, but also, I mean, it led to her jumping in the at the helm and flying the ship. And yes, you know, that we'll, she, she's got some grief from fans over the years because yeah. uh, generations and the two times she was been at the helm, the ship crashed, but yeah. that it wasn't her fault in either one of those. Well, one of the time was on purpose and one time wasn't her fault. Right. Right. And to their point, when they actually made a scene out of that kind of thing, it was directed at Worf and not her. Yep. Right. <laughs> um, Michael Phillips says, I thought the scene between Jack and Picard was really good and a nice way to round out a series named Picard. 
Agreed. Yeah, that was really, really well done. And it was one of those love conquers all kind of things that I typically hate, but I thought it was so well done that I didn't mind. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, good. One thing I liked about it is it's kind of a Star Trek theme. You know, it's about your humanity that that saves us. The other thing I, I wrote in my notes about that is, and I really don't mean to be disrespectful on this. I wrote, this is the emotional, uh, this is the emotional introspection of Jean-Luc I would rather see than what I got in season two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow his relationships with Beverly and his son and Will gave me more insight into his character. Right. The person he's become than what they tried to do last season. And so I yeah. really respected that. Elaine Sweatman says, I love that Beverly and Data got to show off new skills. Agreed. Yes. Yes. Dan says, I want to know what happened to Laris and number one. Well, nothing because we don't, you know, apparently care about those people anymore. Right. I wouldn't hold your breath for that. No, I wouldn't either. And I'm so disappointed that we didn't get more Laris because, you know, Mm -hmm. she was my favorite part of the first season. Right. Just loved her. And of course, you know what a what a dog lover I am. So, of course, number one was my next and almost as important favorite part of season one. Right. So, yeah, I'm very disappointed that we didn't get any real. I mean, we got a little Laris in part one, but that was Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Right. I mean, she's she's the old Picard series. Now we're in the, (laughs) the next phase with the next generation and all that other stuff is just gone by the wayside. (laughs) Right. Never to be heard from again, sadly. Yeah. Uh, Matt says, and I was just about to bring this up, actually. This season is my favorite take on Worf ever. Him falling asleep after the battle was just perfect. Um, (laughs) Yes. Worf, this... Okay, so we had Next Gen, right? And Worf Mm -hmm. was a a decent character on Next Gen, you know, misused sometimes. But then he comes to DS9, and he is so much better. He's a better fit for the tone of the show. He's a better fit for that cast of characters. He's written in a very different way. And again, we get like a third chapter on Worf in this show. And I think that this might possibly be the best Worf we've ever had. I, I thought Worf was great. I think, I, I think overall I liked him better when it was him and Raffi yeah. when he was sort of yes. the mentor to her. Uh, once yeah. he hooked up with the next gen crew, they started leaning a little bit more into that sort of Star Trek insurrection yes. type humor yes. where he has the gorge and he's, late yeah. for work and you know i think i'm feeling some violent impulses or whatever that's sort yes. of cheesy wharf humor that i felt like they they leaned into that more agreed once, uh, in the back yeah. half of the season but yeah i mean I, I love i love him and raffi i thought they were great yes. together and Me i love wharf as the old samurai yes oh he was great and when he was when he was fighting the borg and, and then he kept getting shot and he kept going i yeah. thought that was amazing and i also thought thing was very um Something very interesting was Wayne and Michael and I had some discussions about honor among the Klingons. We were talking about mm. the cloaking devices. And there's yeah. a whole concept of would an honorable race have a cloaking device? Well, would an honorable Klingon hide a laser weapon inside of a sword? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, but I thought it was cool, though. Swords right. are fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, those Klingons in um, Heart of Glory had, like, their shoes and stuff. Oh, yeah. like belt came apart and turned into phasers. So that's, it's, it's on point for the clean. It is on point. On, uh-huh. Yeah. That yeah, was exactly. funny. Charles, you said something a couple of three weeks ago, or maybe even just last week that I had actually never known all these years. You said that Gene Rottenberry had always intended for data to get emotions or get more emotions, become more human, but never get that's there. What, right. That's what Brent Spiner said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that was nice because again, this one didn't feel like fan service that was like, Oh, fan service. It felt organic. The data that we have that has these more emotions and says, you know, I've got a gut feeling. Trust me, it worked. Mm-hmm. It actually worked for me. And it, it made sense as an evolution of data after all these mm-hmm. decades. But I loved the the end of that scene where he convinces Jordy and Jordy says, OK, yeah. All right, everyone, we're going with data's gut. Yeah. <laughs> I love the bit, and they said in the in the interview afterward that this was Brent Spiner's idea. But the scene where he's in counseling, yes, and he has found that yeah, being Brent human that. is even <laughs> more complicated than trying to be human was. You know, yeah. like his journey is just beginning. I thought that was great, and I thought I, if you want to get really stupid, corny, and because they were doing all the bad jokes, and she, Diana was literally looking at vacation stuff while she was talking to Data. 
I thought if you want to be really corny, when Data left, they could have had Barkley standing outside the door waiting. Right. To talk to <laughs> right. Right. And see, if you're bringing back all these next gen cameos, you you would think that a that a Barkley cameo would be something that you would expect, and we didn't mm-hmm. get it. So, yeah. so I mean, I, I think they could have gone a lot heavier True. on fan service than they actually did. Now, do we think that's restraint or budget? Budget. <laughs> I mean, it may be both. Okay. Maybe maybe they, you know. I, I, part- I think it was budget because I know uh, Terry had mentioned during um, yeah. the after credits that they, well, part of the reason they couldn't get Walter into the studio was because of money. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So. Yeah, they they had planned to film him as the Federation president. Yeah, and there was just an interview with him just in the last day or two, where he was, or maybe it was probably today when it came out because it was talking about the finale. But um, talking about there was more cameos. He wanted to see Roe alive at the end. He wanted Captain Harry Kim uh, as part of the like. There was a whole bunch of other things. Oh. Jane Way. Yeah, there oh, was there was more, and they had to dial yeah. back. Sure. Um, yeah. For sure. 10 episodes, absolutely. And I expect that a lot of this show took place on the Titan because they were saving up to build that Enterprise bridge. That's not cheap. No, no. Yeah. not at all. Not I at hope all. they it do is. something with that, too, and they don't just like... They, they they have to do something with it because but, they can make so much money like doing a tour yeah. of that. Well, they've said on Twitter that they've saved it, like, um, okay. and there's several interested parties. So right. surely they're not going to junk it again. Yeah. So speaking of cameos and saving money, surely they should have spent that money on on checkoff and not spent that money on that unnecessary and useless cameo of Moriarty. <laughs> Come on. Right. Oh, my, I'm still salty about that. I, I forgot Moriarty was in it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right. Let me see what we have now. Let me, we got some stuff. Um, Vandy Beth reiterates that swords are indeed fun. Okay. Elaine says, and Worf hugged Rafi. True. Yeah, he initiated the hug. Yeah, long hug too. Yeah, yeah. Wayne says, "I mentioned this earlier. Was it just me, or was Worf providing some serious comic relief? He was killing it, and ending, ending it with a snore. Mm-hmm. That was the I. I agree with Charles. I thought the Worf humor, personally, I didn't like the snore. I thought it was a little bit too too comical for me. But that's me. I kind of like the more serious Worf samurai we got, who was cutting heads off at the." He was first. <laughs> he was so good the first half of the season. He was. Um, Matt was says, fun. I actually think they might have gone a bit too far with Data's emotions. Okay. I think so, possibly too. Um, but Michael Phillips says, I love this new data. Mm-hmm. Dan Leckie says, I wish Data still had golden skin. Okay. It was a little bit, I mean, I noticed it in this because, you know, the lighting was different because they're on a different bridge. But there was a little, like, treatment to it. It wasn't like the full gold makeup, but it was, there was something there. Mm-hmm. He was a little more glistening than the others. Yeah. Um, Wayne says, it pretty much proves my point, Keith. Anything to get an advantage over your enemy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, that's that's a fascinating conversation you could have. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Michael Phillips says, maybe an O'Brien cameo. That's what we should have gotten. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I wish we had. Um, Matt Swetman says, I bid 2,000 Quatlus on the bridge set. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's enough. <laughs> and Wayne says, he set the that tone from the beginning. Worf, he means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was always a bit of a lightness to him. And it always, oh, yeah. But I, I, I like... I said I like him better with Braffy than I mean I Me still too. like him. I, I love Worf Absolutely. and him running around with Riker and stuff like that. I'm Absolutely. not complaining about that. I just felt no. like he turned a little bit more into the corny, the more into the corny into the humor with Worf after. Yeah, he I agree. And I think the the comment about Data, like some people felt Data was too emotional and some felt he was just right. And I think you mm-hmm. know all points are equally valid because the way I saw it was if you think about it, at the end of the day, these are all new emotions. That's why he's having to talk to Troy. So I'm okay that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a couple of years from now, he will be a little more balanced, but he literally is just, you know, once again, getting, well, he had the emotion chip and he was having a problem with the emotion chip, remember, because Mm -hmm. emotions are new. So I was actually okay with that. That kind of made sense to me. Yep. Uh Uh-oh, we've got a bidding war going. Michael bids 3,000 Quatlus. Do I hear four? Anybody got 4,000 Quatlus? I do not have any Quatlus. No. Bump, bump your Quatlus. Bump your I, I bid gold press latinum bars. <laughs> Latinum's no good. We're in the Federation. <laughs> okay. Dale says. Look, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Matt, 
Dan says, Matt Grodenchik expressed to me in appearing on Picard, but now won't get that opportunity, sadly. And interested okay. appearing, he must mean. Yeah. Well, there, um, I mean, hopefully there'll be more opportunities for that going forward. It, right. You know, if There's we all, don't all... get the same kind of treatment for the DS9 cast, heads are right. going to roll. <laughs> right. Not that I have any access to any of their heads. Yeah. <laughs> no. Get one of those warp swords. Yeah. <laughs> That's apparently heavy. Yeah. Well, so what, what do we think about the Enterprise G? Eh. Okay, well, let's let's just... Okay, so we have that whole, like... I love the fact that they basically wrapped the story up three quarters of the way in and then mm -hmm. spent a long time with the characters, with where right. they are now, where they are a year later. Agree. You, you got so much good character stuff. And especially that last scene in the bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Just yeah. absolute perfection. But, uh, so, okay, so this kind of feeds into that post-credit scene. Yep. If you are, and I'm just going to say, if they, they practically waved a flag telling you that they have a spinoff planned and in the works. And, I mean, you have a rechristened Enterprise with mm. a Picard on it. You have... Um, you have a new captain, you have her about to say her line, her, you know, engage line, but they cut it before, you know, because they're going to let you know later what that is. Right. Yep. And then Watch you the have, show to find oh, out God, what it it's is. Just, it's just everything. Then you have these characters who have been given new ranks. She's a captain. Um, new, new Picard is whatever he is. I don't even know, but he's, he's in Vincent. uniform. He's in Starfleet. And then you have Hugh. Mm. And, you know, OK, so really, really, really quickly, we were talking about all these different ways that this could be paid off this, you know, the final episode. Will Wesley come back and be all travelery on him? You know, could it be this? Could it be that? Could it be whatever? And, you know, you say, well, could it be Q? And, you know, because you, you remember two whatever it was years ago, Delancey said he had filmed material for both seasons two and three. So it mm -hmm. came down to the last possible second. They're sitting around the poker table. The, the credits start to roll. And I thought, okay, no cue. He was either mistaken or he was winding us up or whatever. And then we got a Marvel style post credit <laughs> scene and right. effing Q shows up. And yep. I was like, dude, if, if you were telling, if Q stands there and tells a new Picard, your story is just beginning clearly they are going to do a spinoff yeah clearly. yeah i don't know if they're they're hoping for a spinoff and hoping just to get the fans riled up so that the money people will okay it because i mean the fans were already a little riled discovery up season two ended very similarly with captain <laughs> pike and crew sailing off right. to new adventures you know right. and the and the fans uh, you're, rattled you're the like, cages right Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're like, so, if, if that's not an advertisement for a new series, mm -hmm. what what possibly could be? Right. So yeah. we don't know if, if something's greenlit that we don't know about or right. if the people making the shows are hoping that we will yes. know, en encourage Paramount to make it happen. Yes, yes. Either way, it's going to happen. I hope so. And honestly, I expected in the live Q&A last night, I expected them to say something. I know. I with... expected there would be an announcement at the end. Right. With a with a, like the press release would go out immediately afterward. But then, of course, that would ruin it for anybody who was only just watching it on Thursday instead of Wednesday night. So, right. yeah. All right. Let me get a stack of whew, comments here. Um, Matt says, I am confident stories from this era will continue. I, I, I fully agree with that. I think Metallus has got something up his sleeve. Mm. Um, Elaine says. I thought they were going to say the Titan had been renamed the Picard. I thought too. that too at first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Me too. That's that exactly what I thought. Because and, so and Jack better. was saying, This is this is in tribute to you. And I thought it's called the Picard. And then he said, and your crew. And I thought, oh, it's gonna be the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see. Elaine also says, wait, where did I go? Oh, that was the same one. Michael says, I wonder how many people didn't watch until the dude. People, I mean, even though in they the screener. Knew, even though they knew there was a live Q&A afterward, people still left. So right. there were people who did not see that. Mm -hmm. Just like a Marvel movie. 
just blows my <laughs> mind every you time. You can't leave a movie before after until after the like the right. credits have finished rolling anymore. It's not possible. Dan is wondering what about the Enterprise's H and I. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt says goodbye, Enterprise F. We hardly knew ye. That's the truth, <laughs> right? Matt says now my last most important question: Picard season three or Strange New World season one? Picard Ooh. season three. Strange New Worlds. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Strange New Worlds a little bit more just because there was more new. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though, yeah, even though it still relied a lot on established characters. Yeah, and, Keith, you know, uh, Picard three. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, love I, Strange I, New Worlds, but Picard three, I think. Yeah, I I love the character interactions of Picard season three. Yeah. Um. What I I wish it wasn't an an evil villain out for revenge. Yeah, that's not my favorite kind of Star Trek story. I like the Strange New Worlds aspect of Strange New Worlds going on adventures. So, yeah, um, but they're both very good. Yeah, especially a villain out for revenge that we've never met or heard of before. Mm-hmm. Like that makes no sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. They tried to make it make sense. Dan Leckie says there was only one single scene I enjoyed in the series finale, which was the mid credit scene, because that was the only one to finally that finally took the show into a new story thread. Everything else played like an awful follow up to in the ninth episode. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get that. I I I thought it was, I mean, great. I mean, it, yeah. it I'm sure it makes a difference to the experience that I was in a big crowd full of Trekkies. Um, who had were excited to be there, yeah. um, but that's the yeah. fun of it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was fun. It's. It, it was quite Marvel movie e. Mm-hmm. You know, the had sort of Marvel movie logic to it. You know. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it it was it was fun, and I thought they did a good job with these characters over the course of the season. Yeah. And I I, I think we're leaving them now in such a better place than we did in two thousand two. Oh yeah, Absolutely. totally. Absolutely. I heard that. They they talked a little bit last night when they were doing the QA. Oh, so by the way, they did a live QA. And before the mm-hmm. shows started, they put up a QR code and you could submit questions mm-hmm. that were going to get used in the in the questioning, in the QA. And there were only like three of them, and one of them came from our theater. Yeah. yeah. That was so cool. I, I don't know who it was. I don't even know that she was still there, but to hear mm-hmm. her question read, I hope she was. Yeah, but I thought that was really cool. But anyway, they were talking about uh, the last time we saw, uh, and this was a question that was directed to Gates, and they were talking about the last time that that we saw these characters all together in those movies. And it made me think: if we had continued to get next gen movies, you, they always revolved around Picard, Riker, and Data, and you got Ma- some usually got some decent um, Jordy stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, Crusher and Troy were just unnecessary. Right. They would never, ever, ever have given a movie that centered around Troy or, or, you know, and this season they were both so integral and particularly Crusher mm-hmm. was sort of the heart of the show right. that would never have happened in the movie era. And right. I'm just thrilled that she got this opportunity to just play this character again, but play it in such a meaningful way yeah i think my favorite part of her for the entire season was when she like bombed the board cube and everyone just like turned and stared at her afterwards she's right. like a lot happened in the last 20 years right okay. <laughs> yeah what kind, of, what kind of doctor is she <laughs> yeah then it, as much as much as i was looking forward to wharf because you guys know i was i'm a wharf guy i was looking forward to wharf and, this, mm-hmm, and they did yeah. not disappoint with wharf but i've been super impressed by jonathan frakes this season yeah. oh my god yeah because i haven't seen him act in so long but also i mean he just stepped right back into it and we've got yeah. such a more complex Riker than we've ever yes. seen before um, yes. we got to see him in command we got to see him you know as a grieving father as a husband you know as a friend to Jean-Luc, which you didn't get a lot of in the movies. It was very much data became his right hand right. man as much as, yeah, yeah. as Riker was. So I, I just, I love Jonathan Frakes this whole season. I thought yep. he was just great. So my one problem with the friendship was when he was like, nope, I have to go would be with Picard. And then he didn't do anything when he got to Picard. He just stood <laughs> there. And like the Uh-oh. only reason, the only reason he had to go to Picard was so Deanna could find him and beam them all back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because the two of them going after them, they like they ended up not not doing anything. They just stood there and stared. 
You know, after season one, after the Nepenthe episode, um, they were talking to Frakes about about that. And he's like, you know, I was so nervous going back into it because I haven't acted in a long time. I'm, yeah. I'm a director now. I haven't really been on screen on camera in a long time. And he's right. like, first of all, I'm in scenes with um, with Patrick Stewart, who is one of the greatest actors of our generation <laughs> and Marina, who had just finished this long run on uh, on East End in a play. And she's like, she's like her acting chops are just like, you know, the the best she's ever had. And and I, I'm, I just felt stupid in those scenes with them. <laughs> oh, no. And and he was so good this season and he was good yeah. in that episode, too. He was great in yeah. that episode. But yeah. this season, man, he just killed it. Yeah, a very super nuanced and complex version of Riker. I yeah. Just yeah. He was very much at ease, very a very charming actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I liked him a lot. I thought the um the resolution with Picard and his son Jack, that's the only thing it felt it felt very slightly rushed to me because mm -hmm. they didn't have time, you know, like you said he he kind of went and hugged and said I love you and and then all of a sudden he fought out. So that, that felt a little rushed, but I did like the scene and one of the things I noted was what I thought was very interesting was Jack talked about how comfortable it felt to be in the collective. You know, there's everybody around mm -hmm. you and they're protecting mm -hmm. you. That is the very thing that Seven had to fight when Janeway pulled her out of the collective. Yeah. She yeah. talked about being terribly alone. And for so long, that was her problem was, look what you've done to me. You know, you've yeah. ripped me out of the collective. Because they always talk about all those voices whispering to you all the time. Mm. It makes you feel part of something. Right. Um, and I find it interesting that Picard never had that experience. He never talked about ever finding being part of the collective as comforting at all. Mm. Because Dabu. they used him to like try and kill an entire solar system. Right. Yeah. I wonder they, how, what, what kind of counseling all of those Borgified ensigns had to go through. Mm. Afterwards, where they basically like killed all, half or more of the people on their ship. Yeah. And they were trying to kill Earth. Like they got a little bit of that, yeah. Like right after they like deborgified, but yeah. Veronica, it's so interesting you said that. I literally have in my notes. There's a hell of a lot of counseling for a whole bunch of people for a long time. Yeah, because you're right. They killed Shelby. Jordy's kids were complicit in murder. There's a whole bunch of killing that they're gonna have to. Yeah, there's a whole generation that's that's gonna be right. messed up. Right. <laughs> All right. Let me get a bunch of stuff here. Dan says the lighting in the third season was terrible. Well, that's been the case on pretty much every show except for the yeah, animated ones, Strange of course. And, and, and Strange New Worlds. And, and Strange New Worlds has been has been pretty good. But mm -hmm. Discovery's terrible. All the Picard, yeah, it's just always not been great. Discovery right. is the worst, though. Um, Dan, like he says, third season did have excellent music in my Honey Pendant. And yes, absolutely. Yes. And the soundtrack. Got released today. Nice. Elaine says, I'm glad that Riker got to keep the beard. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wayne says, I want to say this. I would love the new Trek move. What? I, I would love probably supposed to be more. The new Trek. Oh, more. Okay. More. If the stories didn't feel so rushed. Now, I, and, and this is, we're talking about a, a 10 episode story arc and he still thinks that the <laughs> story right. rushed. Now I suffer from ADHD, but gosh, Sorry to be such a party pooper. No, you're not, Wayne. <laughs> no, it's cool, I, I, Yeah, that's what I, we do. I we talk about what we like and what we don't like. Yeah, you know, there's yeah room yeah. for both. Yeah, we so. talked about going 13 episodes. Maybe that could, I, but you know, 13 episodes would it have felt more complete or would it have felt a little stretched? I don't know. Right. Yeah. right. Dan says Riker is a character I've never cared anything about, so all the losing a son stuff was just tiresome to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wayne says stories. I suck at. Oh, he's just correcting a previous thing. <laughs> we got you, dude. We got you. Yep. Um, Dan Actually, is looking forward to Strange New World season two, as we all are 100%. Matt says Riker telling Troy that he would be waiting for her with their son hit hard. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. That was me too. That was a great line. Me too. I thought that was beautiful. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. <sighs> Dan says, does Jack still have Borg components? I think they did fix that with like whatever transporter thing that Crusher invented. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what, uh, Charles, we, we, you, we, you had really emphasized this recently. I don't trust anything now. 30 years now, board stuff will probably be popping out of people again. I just don't trust anything <laughs> No, anymore. right. Yeah, you, you're never yeah. going to completely get rid of anything like that. Yeah. yeah well, hopefully we'll time, get new stories that will give us the answer e- to that. Exactly right. That's going to play into whatever they call the new show, season one. It's All a, right. it's a constant wait, meme. Wait. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it's a constant meme and all kinds of sci-fi about cats taking over. Heck, for all you know, next time cats will be borgified and take over the Earth. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Wayne says, plus Picard had been fighting against what the Borg were doing to him. Yeah. Matt says, they need to go to their vineyard home and get in a fight with their family to get over being Borg. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're a little rolling around of- in the mud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the most powerful scenes in all the Trek history. I yeah. love that scene, uh, Matt. I love that scene. All right. Michael says, I loved that bit when Seven hugs Ensign LaForge. I did too. It was perfect. Yes. Seven is exactly the person to understand what she went through. Yes. Right. That's true. That they couldn't have a better captain. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why her crew probably was as put together as, <laughs> as they were that we saw. Right. Yeah. Um, because they knew that their captain understood mm. what they went through. Michael says, as for the lighting, I think the nasty compression on Paramount Plus is a big part of that. It'll probably look a lot better on Blu-ray. That's possible. Mm. Hmm. Um, it also depends, you know, it's going to be different on, because like I usually watch these on at work on a projector on my lunch break. Um, so I don't have to get up an hour earlier than I actually have to. And it looks so much darker and more awful and harder to get than it does yeah. on my television. So, you know, I don't know, play around with the contrast. Or, I don't know. Yeah. But it's if they weren't going for the edgy lighting aesthetic right. in the first place, you wouldn't have that. And I don't yeah. really No, I agree. I don't agreed. need that on a Star Trek show. And I also agreed. need everybody wearing leather jackets just to put that out there. Well, I, <laughs> I, I like the leather jackets and I want to buy one. They're a hundred bucks. I like them too, and I probably will buy one. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm sure you. I will. like Star Trek uniforms, and I like it for it to be colorful. Well, and colorful. I don't need color. The, the yellow looked good. The red was kind of dark. Yes, it was. The red was very dark. I don't mind. I don't necessarily mind colorful. I just want it to be visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just turn the damn lights on for f's sake. <laughs> right. All right. Wayne says I have so many problems with the Borg. Well, well that sounds like a big stimulate. topic right there, buddy. Yeah, they are mean. <laughs> yeah, and wait, <laughs> and actually, Wayne, that is a topic we can do, you know, again in the future. Because I agree, you, you, we could spend an, you could spend an entire hour talking about the Borg, what you do and don't like about them. I absolutely yeah, and I think we do time. Yeah, yeah, Maybe we should do that again and do an update on it. Yeah, well, we've got eight weeks until Strange New Worlds, so yeah, we got to throw topic ideas at us. <laughs> right. Dan yeah, says, but- Dan, Dan is asking us what our favorite scene from this season is. His was probably Ooh. War for Uniting with Troy. Oof. Oh man, oh, favorite that's a good scene. Question. And I admit I had meant to I had meant to send y'all a text about that earlier today about maybe we should talk about favorite scene, favorite favorite character, least favorite. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about it. So good good point, Dan. Um yeah, but I don't know that we have time. No, <laughs> well, we got time. We're, I, 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 I'll just say real quick that I love the scene where Worf and Rafi were interrogating that changeling and they had the big reveal that he was a changeling. Yeah. 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 Just hearing Worf talking about the great link all of a sudden just is blind like I'm watching the Dominion War again. <laughs> uh, yeah. A thing that resonated with me, even though I I knew and hoped that everybody was going to be okay, was something dramatic about it is when Picard, Worf, and Riker were leaving to go what could have been a suicide mission, and yeah. and he turned and said, "It has been an honor serving with you all." That got to me for some reason. I love that scene. Yeah, yeah. God, I I don't even know. I couldn't even guess what my favorite. It's too I, many. I it it I, really is. I really, I really loved. Um, when the um Brent Spiner was switching between data and lore and before and soon and mm, and all of them. I thought that yeah. was a great scene. Yeah. So yeah, I mean great episode, great scene, great season. I mean, this has been a blast. Yeah. It has. It has. Um mm-hmm. I see so much online about I've seen some people, you know, everybody talks about the fan service, but I think fan service done right. And you know, and even yeah. I who sometimes mm-hmm. like some of the technical things bother me, like you said, Charles, the line of sight thing. Um and my my personal opinion, my personal opinion, an absolutely overused trope in all of science fiction, not just Star Trek, is the old hive mind queen, something where you kill the queen hive, whatever the people turn back. 
Honestly, they should stay Borg, even if you blow up the Borg <laughs> Queen and turn off the signal. But it was fun. And so I even the fan service stuff that I I kind of said, oh, whatever, they did it right. Yeah. And yeah. I thought I thought it was a great season. Again, for yeah. 10 episodes. That th- I, I, yeah. I think it was fantastic. And it was I saw I and so funny, I felt I got so much more of an insight into Jean-Luc and Jean-Luc mm-hmm. and actually Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. who in real life himself admitted he was like Picard when he first joined the Next Generation cast. You know, he would say they would between takes, they would all crack. And he was like, what is the deal with you guys? This is serious. But look at Patrick Stewart in real life now. He's not that guy he used to be. Yeah. He's really brilliant and happy and has fun. And so was Picard. And I thought the emotional arc of Picard from the series to the show was great. I love that. They were saying at the Q&A afterwards that um, uh, Patrick Stewart was like giddy between yes. the takes. <laughs> when they yeah. were like, like they remember more um, having fun in the turbo lift before they first came onto the bridge then like they're all because they were focused on acting when they were on the bridge so they weren't really experiencing mm-hmm. oh my gosh i'm back on this bridge after 30 years or whatever it's been but um yeah yeah despite his age patrick stewart i saw him on jimmy kimmel last night patrick stewart has a really like a child's twinkle in his eye Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he has a really youthful kind of spirit in him that I think is just fantastic, and it comes out in Picard as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say that I rarely rewatch these things. You know, like mm-hmm. I I haven't gone back. I mean, I usually watch each episode twice because I want to make sure I have stuff in my head when we talk about it on Thursday night. But I I typically don't go back and rewatch a season. And uh, even like Lower Decks, which is probably my favorite of the current shows, I haven't really gone back and rewatched a season yet. I can't wait to rewatch season three. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really looking forward to rewatching it. And the good thing is my partner hasn't seen it yet. So we will be we will be watching this show. Neither is mine. <laughs> Neither is mine. I think th- I thought the same thing. I thought it's supposed to rain Saturday, at least in the morning. I think I'll I yeah. think I'll start it from episode one for her. Yeah, yeah. My wife already saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, tune in next week at eight p.m. Eastern. This Thursday um, at eight p.m. Eastern, we'll be we'll be getting into the Strange New Worlds trailer and talking about uh, a little more in depth on our thoughts on this uh, Section Thirty One movie that they're working on. Yeah. Um, so, Alan, where can people find more of you? Well, um, you should go to Cosmic Creative com and check out all of my podcasts. I have a music podcast called Modern Musicology. I have a Doctor Who podcast called Doctor Who A to Z. And of course, this one. And some of the books that I've written, especially if you're a Doctor Who fan, go do that. Go do it. And how about you, Keith? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, primarily the ESO Network Facebook groups. And how about us, Veronica? Feltnerdy.com. And? Monkeying around a podcast about the monkeys. And do you have a closing for us this week? It was a pleasure serving with all of you. <laughs> great. That's oh, perfect. <laughs> Yay. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.